What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. You're listening to episode 131. As always, I'm Jim. I'm Jim. What's up, Jim? Well, not much, Jim. You know, I I was having a Slim Jim the other day for the first time in a long time, and I've forgotten how greasy those were compared to other beef jerkies. And it made me think, why in God's name do people still eat beef jerky? That is made for Slim Jim. It's it's gross. You know, I, I feel like Slim Jims were super popular in the 90s. They were. And they got progressively worse because of the abundance of different flavors you could get. Yeah. Wacky shit like... I like the jalapeno cheddar, but they there's like- something that they put... I don't know if it's Astroglide, but, <laughs> but they lather that shit. <laughs> it's so bad. On every <laughs> stick of... Slim Jim, it's it's very unappetizing. The King Slim Jims, man, were <clears throat> were great. And I remember I, I hated I hated when we would only go to the store sometimes and they would only have the smaller ones because I would feel like I needed to have like five of those to hit the same that a, one of the big king size ones yeah. were. But um I you know, I don't know necessarily if if they got progressively worse or if just the quality of all the other brands in the availability got progressively better. The competition. Yeah. Competition will do that. You know, God save capitalism. Yes. <laughs> capitalism is God's way of weeding out the people that are just not strong enough, you know? You know, and, and, and that's a shame. All of our communist friends are going to hate this part of the podcast. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know, they're going to hate it regardless. Um but uh, you know um, the Macho Man in the Snapper to a Slim Jim. I mean, oh, that's yeah. iconic. I iconic the, memories. Yeah, the, the the ones that I used to eat were the flat ones. Yeah, the veiny flat ones. I don't. I don't <laughs> remember the veiny flat ones. Oh yeah, Macho Man. I loved Macho Man too. So that was a huge selling point there. Like he he drew my interest and I mean, my attention. Just so over the top and dramatic, but manly at yeah, the same yeah. time. Well, like I, it made it okay to wear fringe. I wanted to be Macho Man for Halloween the past two years. Like recently but, or yes. when you were a kid? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. The past, okay. As an adult okay. <laughs> in my you. mid-30s. Just, just making sure. But I drug my feet on ordering the costume, which the costume's pretty expensive because yeah. it's kind of spandexy, and you got the fringe and yeah. the hat, the glasses. you got to buy some of the accessories. I mean, it's not something this you year, can phone in. No. This year I'm going to make it happen. You are? Yes. When you say kind of expensive, I am curious. I got to know because it's not uh, – you, you could go dressed as a wrestler right. and you could try to – like you could go dressed as uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and mm-hmm. really just wear shorts and like a leather jacket and vest. kind of call it in. Yeah, a vest, something like that. But you know, to, if you want to go iconic like Macho Man, you're going to have to spend a penny or two. So what is you it? You are. I'm curious. It's a, a, around a buck twenty. Holy shit. 120 bucks. Yeah. That's that that okay. That is a lot more than what I was expecting. And I did spend that much on a prince costume. <laughs> I was white prince <laughs> one year. Don't worry, I didn't do blackface or anything. I was no. I was, well, it's prince. You were doing. yeah, light complected, and I love prince. I love his music. Great artist, legend. Yeah, I looked ridiculous, but it was funny. Was it purple? Yes, Vel- was I still it, was have it. Velvet? Do you really? Yeah, I have to show you. Nice. After, after oh, we can totally film that. I, I mean, had to get I had to get the the curly hair and everything, the Jerry yeah. curl, and um, did yeah, you, one did of my favorite artists of all time. Out? No, no, no. 
Okay, okay. So since I, I don't I have just, a lot of hair left, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I know. Well, how that goes. it's my hairline. Um, dude, it's it, you know what? Kudos to you for keeping it as long as you have, though, man. Have to. Kudos to you. Okay, not to get away from this, but I am just curious. Uh, with with Pr- Prince being one of your favorite artists, do you hold him to a higher standard for you personally than you would like Michael Jackson? Like you more of a Prince than a Michael Jackson? Fan. Yeah, I'm more of a Prince because he, he to me he's more of like an outlaw, um, rebel type of artist in the pop realm. Back then in the '80s, he was kind of the bad boy type image. Yeah, he yeah. had that going on. So I always have gravitated towards the dark side of things. One of the first Prince songs I ever, you know, other than like Purple Rain, was was Darling Nikki. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely fell in love with that song. But um, I'm Computer I'm, Blue. Yeah, I'm 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 the <laughs> other I'm the other side though. I'm uh, Michael Jackson. Like I had a Michael Jackson uh, uh, Moonwalk VHS that I watched a lot as a kid and sang along to. And yeah, I like Michael too. He's a legend. Yeah, I went and watched um, his halftime performance from. The 93 Super Bowl, the Cowboys and Bills. I watched that on YouTube the other night, just laying in bed, staring at my phone and casually watching it, you know, in the background. Right. Man, that was a good performance. And it brought back a lot of memories. Like, I remember as a kid being at my grandparents, and we would always watch the Cowboys games over there. And, you know, there's nothing bigger than the Cowboys in the 90s. No. That Super Bowl show was like the first huge, like, concert show to kick off, like, what we know now is the Super Bowl halftime performance. Really? So, really? It, yeah, and Garth Brooks sung the national anthem, and he was holding back, possibly not singing because he was um, in protest. If they didn't share this video, put on a video of some, you know, feed the kids of the world like hunger video he wasn't gonna do the national anthem it was like a big ordeal yeah the 80s and 90s we really tried to save the world in the 80s and 90s and then the that time went away the new millennia came and it became you know we're just gonna go to war with everybody in the world i do think we lived i think we lived through the last like prime decade to grow up as children and as teenagers, the nineties and yeah. the two thousands. Yeah, I worry about kids now that have to grow, like my kids, you know, I, I worry about what they grow up in just because I feel like it's not they're not as free to make mistakes. They're not as free to be risky. They're not as free mm-hmm. to grow and learn that way in a more natural way. Whereas we we lucked out. We did stupid shit. And no one cared and no one kept tabs, but now there are cameras everywhere yeah. and there's so much attention on everything. Yeah. There's no discreet autonomy anymore. Yeah. There's no stupid kids doing stupid things and a society accepting that. Now it's, no. no, no, you have to be perfect from as soon as you could possibly be perfect. But and always now right. there, I feel like the, the YouTube age and the, the viral sensation age started when we were in our teens with the Jackass, the CKY films. Yeah. All of that stuff really was like the first viral thing that gained popularity. But now these kids, well, they'll do the dumbest stuff that we wouldn't even think about doing back then. They'll eat Tide Pods. They'll... they'll see, but that like, was... I, that, that, see, I see that as being something completely different. I mean, we... 
even the jackasses, CKY, that era was doing things to be funny, to film it, to show. Whereas the eating the Tide Pods wasn't to be funny or to show. And eating an, an excess was, amount of food in yeah, front of a camera. Yeah. And like ballooning yourself up because what is it called? I don't know. There's, there's like a name for it. I stay away from TikTok, man. But I, that, I, that, I don't that's like it. different. To me, that's so, so different because then it becomes their entire life is their personality. And that wasn't the way it was. Like we went to school. We hung out. We still did stuff. And then we did this other shit when we were bored sometimes. But it didn't become our personality. Right. Well, their their personality us. nowadays is more of an attention whore type um, approach with the in your face social media that is out there. With you know, you can go live, you can get on TikTok and yeah. and just do whatever, and people will watch. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. People want to watch now. It used to be nobody really like it was fringe groups like not it wasn't as mainstream where everybody wanted to watch right. that type of stuff. It was just like punk now, teenagers, you know, jocks that did stupid shit on the weekends, like people that were just into, you know, not caring because your your parents told you to, you know, clean little your room rebel and, faces. And you were, yeah, you were a suburban rebel, and you gravitated towards the jackass stuff. Yeah, but because now it was this- fun and funny and silly, you know. Now there's uh, influencers that actively just stop traffic. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I sound like a boomer just the way I'm like this generation. But I feel like they're just so much more dumb than we are. But it's 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 worse because when we were kids doing stupid shit, it was pranks. it was just well, and it was just kids. Like yeah. it was just kids, and then you had a few adults. Now it's this is what adults doing. Like we've got. People that we went to high school with that are all of a sudden now getting close to 40 and being like, I'm going to start becoming an influencer and you want to watch me work out? And it's like, no, like, (laughs) no, I'd rather failed selling Herbalife. (laughs) You failed doing this other thing. You tried to be a photographer for a little while. That went bust. Then you tried living in your parents' basement with your second wife and that busted. So now you're on your third and you tried a pyramid scheme. You tried selling weight loss pills and some drink that was you know, found in a fucking lava field in Hawaii that was supposed to give you all of these minerals so you could live a hundred years longer (laughs) than you already live. Essential oils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got my essential oils. I got to say, hey, you got your elderberry you've been taking? I got a hookup on elderberry. I I just think the older you get, the less tolerable you are to the bullshit. And you can sniff it out quicker and you just are more... You're more wise, of course, with with the older you get. I mean, yeah. that's just inherently that's what happens. But and I think it's a lot more. of I don't want to deal with it. Like I don't want to. I don't want it to have. I just don't want to be around it. I don't want to deal with other people's nonsensical stuff. That is just. It has nothing to do with anything productive, and is just all about themselves. Yeah, that's the influencer life, and. uh I'm still stuck in the jackass days. Dude, right? The Big Brother days, a Big Brother magazine that would just have anything in their magazine. You remember that magazine? It was a skate magazine. No. And that's that's what bridged the gap between CKY and birthed Jackass. Like a lot of the Big Brother guys that were working for the magazine company, like Johnny Knoxville, Wee Man, Preston Lacey, all those guys joined up with Bam, Rab himself, Cam DiCamillo, and they formed Jackass. That's how it happened. Jeff Tremaine was a writer for, I think he might have owned Big Brother magazine, but back then it was, um, I think it was actually bought by the owner of Hustler. 
because Big Brother would put all kinds of bizarre and, you know, cutting edge, like pushing the line type material in their magazine. It was like the hustler version of skate magazines. So skate porn. Basically, like they would, they would have so they'd have boobs, porn. They would have nudity, you know, all that kind of stuff, and they would so porn, but more geared towards children. And there was there was a lot of other stuff that they had in there. I don't really want to say, but yeah, to get flagged. Yeah, yeah, oh, but yeah, it, that's that's what how Jackass was born, and you know, Steve O was thrown in the mix too, and God. And he's sober now. He is right. Sober. And he's he's yeah. but he's he's doing a a wild show because did y'all went to go see him when he was yeah in town, we went to right? his bucket list tour. That's what it was. He just basically he spoke and then he would show a video of unreleased stuff that he did, yeah. and then it all built up to his most proud moment as a performer, a stuntman, whatever you want to say, and it was called skyjacking. So oh I'm gonna gosh. let you. I'm gonna let that marinate. Yeah, in your no, mind. you don't have to let it marinate at all. I've I've got it, and I got and that's it. all you need to know. But yeah, one of the many bright. So it shows the video. His his, yeah, his yeah, last yeah. video. It's brilliant to me. It's skyjacking. It. I love the the whole jackass um, universe. It's great. I'm surprised that was able to show it yeah. in Amarillo, Texas. He showed it. Yeah, it was With, hilarious. Like the whole thing. Or was it just like, like it literally, like did he make you watch like... like no, it was, it was like snippets. And oh, okay. okay. It was funny. Like, he even got pissed off at the crowd at one point and like stopped the show because you know how Emerald people are. They don't know, yeah. how, to, they don't know how to conduct themselves or behave yeah. during a live performance. What were they doing? Just talking and he like pointed them out and told them, oh. you need to stop. And then like 20 minutes later, he's like, y'all got to go. He kicked them out. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, leave. You know, Amarillo does have some of the least classy people, and mm-hmm. we've got great, great people. And we've got a lot of incredibly classy people and amazing people, but then we also intermix between them, and they they tend to live more further south than any other direction. I would say outside of the city limits. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, there are good they're people a here. Breed. Yeah, but you know, to your point. That was on full display this week when we had the, the fires. Yes. And people losing their livelihood. People stepped up yeah. and donated things and housed people. Started GoFundMes for individuals in the panhandle who lost their homes, which is just tragic. And it's crazy to see the amount of area that was burned. It was almost a million. Now the, the No, it's more than a million. Is now. it now? Yeah. So it's so, okay, so it is now it's the number one largest wildfire in Texas history because, I think because the, the f- number one for the longest time was in 06 and that was in this area as well. I think the last number I saw was over 1.2 million. Um, and then I did see something that said that it was more acreage than mm-hmm. the size of Rhode Island. And that's insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you, when you see, when you see images and you see pictures of the panhandle and, and, and just how much root it takes up, it's just it's just crazy. It is. It's wild to think that there was that much fire because it seemed so fast. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like this was a week-long fire that, that got there. It was just, I mean, it's Texas winds. and it's It spreads so fast that there's not much you can do. You can try to prevent it from 
spreading in a certain direction by putting those um, those fire breaks up, which yeah. which saved a lot of land and a lot of houses and 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 property. But man, it, it's just sad that. But the, we had to go through that again, and we go through it every year. Yeah. But there was so much vegetation that grew over last year and then died that there was a lot to burn. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to see like the speed that it was going because I think they I said or I read one thing that at one point it was like a hundred yards a second with the wind. Are you it was spreading, like it was just so fast and moving constantly with that wind. And then you know two days later, it snows. Right, and, <laughs> it's insane. And and but it didn't it didn't snow far enough north I think to put. Everything out. right. There were still, still some fires. A like, lot of fires. We were at the golf course, on. and we could see in the distance there was still smoke billowing out there. What were when the smoke hit Amarillo? You know that that night before. Mm-hmm. What was it like there for you? Like I mean, was it? Yeah, I live in. Could you see it south, coming? Southwestern part of town, and everything was dark. Everything was hazy. It was very eerie and weird. I'd never experienced that in my life, and the fire was you know hundreds miles away in some parts but other parts it was a lot closer and the wind just shifted right directly towards us and we got exposed to all that smoke it was crazy i went outside later in the evening just to see and about good five minutes in i could feel it like deep in my chest Mm -hmm. i was like holy shit this is this is a thick 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 smoke we had to shut all doors all windows and we didn't go outside no, for at least a few hours. I went. I went outside, but then we did. Um, luckily, it had been nice that day, um, and so I just turned the heater off as well, and made sure you know we didn't have any vents open. Also, and so our house didn't end up smelling like smoke. That's good. You know, well, I mean, the inside of my truck did. The inside of Kalen's car did. Yeah, but, but shout out to all the first responders and people, good citizens of the Panhandle that helped. And I saw that the uh, Amarillo Fire Department has a the hat that's that they're promoting or that they shared. Somebody sent me on their Facebook page, uh, that all process or all profits are going to the fire relief. And that's good. Did you see, uh, Greg Abbott was in Borger. I think it was today or yesterday. I did not. I guess just in show of support. I don't know what else he was doing there. I didn't catch, catch it long enough to, to hear what all. Well, it's nice of him to come up. Yeah, because the panhandle does get left out and we get forgotten about and nobody really gives us any credit for anything. Although I believe that we are the most authentic sector region of Texas that exists. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. We're the last remaining Texans. That's how I feel. We're we're, we're far enough north to get away from all the... Everyone kind of is arrogant when they, you know, brag, I'm from Texas, I'm... You know what? I, I am from Texas, but I don't claim I don't claim anything outside the Panhandle. I'm from the Panhandle. That's home. Yeah. Anything else, I could give two shits about the concrete jungles of Dallas, San Antonio, Houston. Yeah. All those places. Like I'm from the Panhandle, and I'm proud to be a part of it. So. Well, and that's also the good thing about Texas is that you can be from anywhere in Texas and have claim to being a Texan. It's like the but better. It's not always true. Like to me, it's just like over overhyped in a lot of cases when people try to use that. Uh, we're just the better America. We're like <sighs> America 2.0 because we have a large variety. But if you're a true Texan, not a moved in from another state Texan, and you're trying to be a Texan, but if you're a true Texan, 
You just have certain values. And we're far away from what our capital city is all about. Oh, man, he missed Come it. On. No way. No way. So we're watching the end of the Houston-Oklahoma game, and Houston goes up by two points with, tenths of, with a tenth of a second left. Damn, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. Shame for Oklahoma. Hey, you know what? Hey, it's they a, what, in it's a good game. fought game. Yeah, Oklahoma. The men's basketball has been up and down all season, and they they weren't expected to win this game. So it's cool that they're competing at least. Yeah, the, this is I think. Yeah, they're the number one team in the country. Oh, so. and it's an official review. Of course, mm. we got to go in. So let's see. Let's see if he gets it up. Oh yeah, he got it plenty of time. Oh yeah. Yeah. That what a waste of an official review. Oh man, he could have swatted. You know what? That and that's the problem, James, right there. That is not having fundamental basketball. Yeah. He went up for a swat well, you instead had of the, a block. They didn't block out. The guy You got three guys just standing around not going for the ball. You go for, you got to go number for Number 0 ball. had the turnover and he just let it go. Yeah. It happens. Oh well. It does, but you know who it doesn't happen to is championship teams. They're not a championship team. Houston? Oklahoma. I know. That's why I'm saying it happened to them. But maybe they'll make the tournament. I think they just have to win one more. You know, I do want to circle back around, though, real quick and talk about your uh, costume for Halloween. Yeah. Um, you're a huge Halloween fan. Mm-hmm. You like going all out for Halloween. Um, I'm trying to get the family to go and do a, a, a family-themed Halloween. You know, we haven't been able to because the girls never want to agree on the same damn costume. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm, we I'm thought curious. about doing too. There's so I've got, uh, there's five of us, you know, there's the three girls, my wife and me, and then we have a dog. Yep. So, you know, give me some ideas. What are some, our themes? idea? Cause we had thought about that as well. And we thought about superheroes quit yawning. Wake up. Hey dude, I got a yawn, man. I'm tired. I don't know who you think you is. Um, superheroes would be a good idea. Yeah. Or cartoon characters, or you could try to be, you know, Disney characters. There's just all kinds of things. Yeah. You know what I would love to do? That maybe the kids would love to do. I don't know. I would love to do, like, Power Rangers. <laughs> I fucking hate Power Rangers. I don't see how any of any of you love the Power Rangers ah, or ever watch great. the Power Rangers. It's great because man. when you're six years old, man, and it, it's 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 cool, it's fun, and then when you're eight years old and they decide that they're going to bridge and make a TV show into a movie, I mean, it's fun, it's interesting, it's exciting. The well, pink even, one, the pink one's hot. Yeah, you know, but even back then, I thought it was uh, corny. Yeah. And weird. Yeah. I just never got into it. I don't know, man. Dude, you gotta you gotta embrace a, a little I bit of corny teenage and weirdness. Mutant Ninja Turtle guy. Yeah. You know. What about what was it? The Street Sharks? Street I love Street, Street Sharks, Sharks was legit. Some of the, the Nintendo sh- not Nintendo shows, the uh, Nickelodeon shows. Yeah. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Arnold, all that stuff. I liked Ah Real Monsters. I was one of the few ones that really liked that show. I thought it was interesting. That was a good show. Yeah. I um I remember was it summer when they always had like Nickelodeon Day? Or there was that one day and they had like you could call in 
and have like a competition. I don't, I can't remember what it was, but it was just a long day and you would, it's just some event that they had on Nickelodeon. And now I feel like I have it in my brain. And no, I, I think no I know what you're talking about. No, what one, it was. no, no. One year they came to one of the parks here. No shit. It might have been Medi Park. They came and they set up in everything and it was a huge deal. But it was probably in the mid nineties they came. Yeah. Yeah, man. They they had all of the um live action uh like gladiator type shows. American gladiator type shows like uh um, Yeah, yeah. The Temple Run. Yeah. I can't remember the name Legends of it. Legends of the Hidden Temple yes. and Guts. Guts, Guts was yeah. the shit. That was like mm-hmm. a lifelong dream I had as a kid to I get love to those go shows and compete too. at Guts. Mm-hmm. Cause I always every time I watched it, I was like, that looks fun. Double Dare. Double Dare was always really exciting. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah, Nickelodeon back in the day was prime. Prime time television. You couldn't get better. And there was something I saw on social media today that was like celebrating the... the um, oh, what was it? Like 25th anniversary of a show on Nickelodeon, and it, it aired in like... Well, this had is this 99. had to have been this is older than twenty five. This I think it aired in ninety eight, and it was like they all these kids go to camp, and it's a reality show, and it lasted for like three seasons. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, camp on a wanna. Yeah, something we like hold that. You yeah, yeah. in our hearts. Yes, and if we think about you, it makes me wanna fart. Yeah, yeah. Um, that 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 came out. Well, well, well before 1998. No, it was 98. I distinctly remember the year. It was 98 to 01. Then it wasn't the same show that I'm thinking of. It was one of those. Point being, reality show on Nickelodeon before reality shows. Not Salute Your Shorts. No. Okay, so this is a reality show. Yeah. Where the kids go to camp? Yeah, it was billed as a reality show. and I have no idea. I remember watching it a few times, but yeah, the nostalgia of Nickelodeon back then in the 90s. There's nothing better than that time period. No, no. It and was... MTV in the 90s. I know the 80s is when MTV really got its start, but MTV in the 90s was still gold. You yeah. had Beavis and Butthead. So many bands got exposure through it Beavis was a, and Butthead. It was a good transition from just playing music television, yes. music videos, to, hey, we're going to have a little bit of shows, we're going to do a little bit of things, not we're going to have fucking Jersey Shore type oh, shows, God. which, I, you know, but, but you're going to have music videos when they, they they did, because we used to stay up and we used to record, like you could record on a VHS tape, yep. and you would we would record hours longs worth of music videos because <laughs> they would always play the rock videos at night, mm-hmm. and then we would have them to play the next day. I remember that. And You're damn right. Fucking recording Chevelle. I feel like the 2000s was the beginning of the downfall of MTV because... Early. Of the reality shows. I know the yeah. real world had been going on since the early 90s, but the real world and road rules got its traction, and then all of these other shows just started popping up out of nowhere. Next... Dude, that show is still it was hilarious. Great. Pimp my ride. You Those know. are yeah. Those yeah. That was the downfall. That and that should have been still, the writing on the wall. Yeah, but people loved them. We loved them. Like I did our love generation. them. I did love them. And there, a lot of them were great. But MTV still played music throughout the two thousands. Yes, which I loved. But now it's like there's no music. It's just that ridiculousness show. Oh, is it Rob really? Deerdick? 
Like yeah. I think that's like their number one show, if I'm not mistaken. I, I but thought that show ended a long. No, time it's ago. like super popular. It's like one of their number one shows. Well, see, but I don't even feel like artists are making music videos anymore to the same way that they were. Like it's all. Mm. I just feel like yeah. it's different. I, I feel, feel like, like it's different. I, I feel like country still makes music videos pretty frequently, and they're out there and. I try not to do anything with country. I don't either. I, I'm not. I don't either. I don't like country music now. Probably love modern Beyonce's country music is terrible. Song. It's pop. Yeah, it's not even alternative country anymore. It's just, it's just pop. rap trying to be country with a southern accent and, and a lot of auto tune. A lot of auto tune and a lot of like collaborations with artists that have no business being in the country genre. The best alternative country phase was in the '90s. When you had yeah. you had Garth Brooks, which he's the first like f- breakthrough artist of alternative country. Chris Gaines, that yeah, guy you, was you had amazing. Chris Gaines. You had a <laughs> that guy really knew yeah. how to cut a hair. I mean, alternative country in the '90s was great, but now it's just straight shit. Well, and I feel like country really in the '90s went more pop. Yes, it's more alternative, more more rock based. That's what you meant, more alternative. Yes. Okay. It's known as the alt country movement that happened in the. I like nineties country. Oh yeah. There's not. I mean, there's there's some early two thousands country that is just great songs. Yes. That well written songs. But per capita, nothing can top the nineties as far as country. No. And you still had a lot of traditional country, but you had a lot of. Oh, you can hear that. You? Yeah, is that I, is that in the background? Yeah, someone's out there burning out at the fucking park, probably. I'm telling you what, man, these headphones really are amazing. They're better. So sponsoring us today is not just kidding. These these guys don't sponsor us. Bose doesn't sponsor us, do they? Nah. Okay. But I didn't no, think so. Nothing brings back your childhood like '90s country for us. If you're in your mid 30s, late 30s, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Well, and, tops and, it. And really, it's it's just specific songs. That really mm-hmm. like Smash Mouth, <laughs> All Star. You can't tell me you don't go straight oh, back to a summer. Not country. Every but yes. no, no, not country. But okay, so I, a country one would be Strawberry Wine. I would say um, for me, it'd have to be a Garth Brooks, um, Colin Baton Rouge, or that summer, or <laughs> the dance. I mean. All of those, bro. Man, you want to talk about the feels. Did you come to him live? Or did you come when he was here? Or did you go see him at one of the times he was in Amarillo? I didn't see him when he was here, which uh, some of my family members did back then. He, he did like a surprise concert at the Dilla Villa a couple times, and he yeah. came to the Civic Center. But we saw him in 2016 in Lubbock, yeah, which is great. It was a great show. I mean, we... We got lucky and got tickets right when they went on sale, so we got them relatively cheap. So it was worth every penny. It was great. I saw. Now you're gonna you're gonna roll your eyes at this, but this was a great concert back in 2000. And don't say like Chevelle or, or Shine Down. No, dude, it was Jessica Simpson. Holy shit! Second row from the stage. I paid a fortune for these two tickets. Why? Uh, girlfriend. <laughs> okay, but okay. oh my gosh. She, I mean, 
What year was this? This is like 2003, 2004. This was prime time. This was like. This was peak. This is peak beautiful Jessica Simpson. Which she dated, uh, is it Nick Lachey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is before they got married type. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Great concert. Wow. Like right. See. Right in front of you. That would I mean, that would have been cool back then because she was such a huge star. It's like kind of yeah. like Taylor Swift now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And my daughter's obsessed with Taylor Swift and oh, wants to go to a concert. Every single white girl I know is. I mean, she, there's no one as far as like a, a, a white female artist to be as big as Taylor Swift. She's getting bigger than every artist ever. She's like Michael Jackson She's bigger than of Michael white Jackson. girl artists in the pop country genre. You well, know that's what I mean? the thing. She's not even pop country. She's just pop. At now this point. she is. Yeah. She can. She started. She got her roots in country. Yeah. It's crazy to think though that she's our age ish. Mm-hmm. Yep. She but is. she's been around for yeah. the last eighteen years. It is wild. Like, like I remember when she was a country artist. Yeah, yeah. And, and she, she was okay. And, yeah, but she had. She still had good songs. I mean, mm-hmm. she still made. Uh, I mean, made a killing. Yeah. But to think that you know, the next Madonna in terms of just. What she right. can that's a good comparison for women in 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 music is, is she's like the white Beyonce, which Beyonce's trying to yeah you know yeah well and Beyonce route. Beyonce did it I mean she has the number one song on the country's top one hundred yeah it's I we listened to it before the podcast that's crazy and here's the thing I think for Beyonce trying to come to country I think it's great I think it's a great Beyonce coming I think it's a terrible song. Nothing but, that I would ever but listen really, to. No, but like Beyonce making a country song, that's great. <laughs> but considering she grew up in Texas, she's from Houston. That I mean, it makes oh, yeah. sense. I mean, she's she is she's Texan. So she I mean, left it, us for Hollywood when she was young. If so Taylor Swift can do it, I guess she can do it, right? Well, they're hardly the first ones. I mean, think oh, yeah. of the great Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> you think that of guy. someone like Gwen. St- Gwen Stefani did too. She went and started making. She was punk. She was punk. And then she went Harajuku Girls and started touring Japan. What is she doing now? Blake Shelton, right? It's weird that those two ended up together. Like, nah, man. Gwen Stefani was so punk in the 90s and no doubt was a great band. Yeah. She collabed with Sublime. You know, she She, did all kinds of cool things. She married the lead singer from what? From uh, Bush? What's his name? Gavin Rosdale. Belson? Gavin Rossdale. Gavin Belson's a made-up fictional character from the show Silicon Valley. Nice. Yeah. If if you've never watched it, it's on HBO. It's it's pretty funny. It's not it's not great, but it's pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of artists to make those transitions and and be be wildly successful, but um, they're few and far between to to get to the stratosphere of like a Taylor Swift. I don't yeah. think anyone's going to I mean she's she's was it she sold more well, records I, than anyone else ever? I guess the the male version of her would be kind of like Drake. Drake was like a you know Disney TV kid and grew up and started doing music and now he's the number one artist in the world, number one rap artist in the world like he is Yeah. He is the pinnacle of the music industry yeah. and has been for a while. Speaking of music industry Mm. i i i just saw a little bit about this today have you seen the stuff with with p diddy yeah okay i've heard about that for years okay have you yeah okay because i'm just now like barely scratched the surface of this rabbit hole 
where he is apparently like he, he's he's been molesting people for a long yeah, time. I heard that. You Holy know, cow! He broke Usher in back oh, in the man. day. Usher had broke to the, Usher had in. to go to the hospital. Okay, so is there any? I mean, is there any validity to these? Claims? I don't know, but there are lawsuits just... out there. There's civil suits and really? things like that that are being thrown at him. So, well, I haven't heard anything from him in a long, long time. He's just one of those creepy, powerful yeah. elites that have their way with people. You know, that's crazy. There's so many of them out there. And he's he's kind of that shadowy figure that gets gets away with it, you know, and he's been shady since the days that he managed Biggie in the mid 90s to the late 90s and 97 when he died. Like he was the the reason of Biggie's demise. And he's really been a corrupt individual throughout the years. And supposedly he had ties to Tupac being murdered in Las Vegas. And he 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 in fact did have ties with the Southside Crips who were responsible for Tupac's murder. So he hired them for security back in the 90s when he would come to L.A. So there, there's a little bit of truth to that, too. Whether it's a whole truth, we don't know. But there are rumors that he had hits on Tupac and Suge Knight, a death row. Like, it's it goes all the way back to those times. That's know? crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I, 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 don't, I don't know enough about this to talk about it. I was just... I didn't yeah, know if you did that. I, I knew I know a little bit. And I was actually watching a video earlier, one of his former bodyguards, Gene Deal. He's been doing interviews forever and he was talking about all the zesty things, as the kids would say, <laughs> that P. Diddy has been a part of or behaves like. So Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. How many other elites out there turned out to be creeps? Um, Weinstein? I feel like a ton Harvey of them Weinstein. Are. Who else? Uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. He was the ringleader of it all, yeah. you know, for a lot of elites out there. Um, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> uh, oh, what's his name from House of Cards? Um, but anyway, that guy from House of Cards. I feel, yeah. There's, there's. I mean, they're, they're Mike, creeps. Even Michael Jackson, to a degree. I mean, oh, not even to a degree. He, he, he the things, I don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe that? I, I mean, come on. Come on. I remember. I, you're a true crime person. Yeah. I'm sure you've gotten into that a little bit. What was he, that? I'm fi- pretty sure he did Neverland Ranch yeah, documentary. He, I'm pretty sure he... Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was vastly inappropriate things going on. So, now that we bring this up, we're going to have to go down the rabbit hole of... Um, you're going to have to wake up for this. Who? What? Um, the Hollywood elitists are they a part of something bigger oh like the illuminati type shit yes i don't know man i always i always find that stuff so funny to think about and speculate and play with and there's it's interesting uh because you're one of the only people that likes to have fun with the conversation also there's some people that i don't know if joseph does too he wants to talk about this stuff too it's it's almost like they're afraid to talk about it. And I don't think it's afraid of because they think that there's going to be like some kind of retribution, but that people might look at them differently. But it is funny to see some of the little videos and things that happen to think that eh, maybe, maybe they're not just messing around. Maybe this, I just, you know, a little bit coincidental. There was a, an artist back in, I think the forties name was Robert Johnson. And he supposedly sold his soul to the devil. He was at a crossroad. The folklore goes that he, 
you know, begged and pleaded, I will sell my soul if you'll make me the greatest guitar player in the world. Mm. And he ended up somehow making the deal with the devil and he became a great artist. And I think that's sort of the um, structure of how a Hollywood works. You've got to pay your dues. You've got to kiss the ring before you can reap the rewards. And that's kind of how any power structure goes. Yeah. I I mean, I do think at least at that level, there may not be some big underlining secret society type thing, but yeah, I totally agree with in order to get ahead in any kind of scenario. And especially in a Hollywood where everybody knows people, it's a, it's a long standing, you know, 80 year business. It's a fraternity. It's a, well, fraternity, however you want to get it, but there is no doubt that, yeah, you have to pay some dues. You have to, I'm sure you have to whack Like Cat some Williams feet. was talking about how yeah. black comedians all have worn dresses except for a few. And the ones that have worn a dress in public, in a show, in a comedy special, in a skit have all become wildly wildly successful yeah yeah it's like selling out to a certain degree like but if you want to make a mockery of yourself yeah but if you want to become that successful anyway you're gonna have to sell out a little bit and Mm -hmm. really to to any extent we all sell out to some extent one way or another ourselves we sell ourselves for something that's true and everything there's there's a price to pay right yeah i mean we sell out i mean we sold out how many years and how much time in our lives so that we could go to school to get something done and you know that was years and years and years of our lives and hours and time away from family that we gave up that we sold ourselves for this life that was all in the in the purity light of day and it wasn't behind the scenes with any nefarious things happening. No, but I mean, if, if it's an under, if it's an under, if it's a, just a kind of a known fact that if you want to get into Hollywood, regardless, you have to do this one thing or you have to do something to get there. Most people are okay with doing that one thing because they're okay with selling a little bit of themselves. Fellatio. In exchange I mean, for a role, some I, well, you know, but that's the thing. Some people, some people do it for a lot less. Some people do it for a free meal. I don't know. I, <laughs> I think there is an, an elite society that runs things that are in connection with the government, with the with the high leaders of of any type of sector around the world. They're all interconnected somehow. I, you know, and I think I think up until the last few years. I think most people could have a good argument with saying that's just not true. That's a conspiracy theory. But when you're telling me that the best person to run for president on the Republican side is Donald Trump and the best person on the Democratic side is Joe Biden, and you don't expect me to believe that there's something else going on that's really making the choices to give us these two pieces of shit... Like, I understand in the past, you know, you didn't like Al Gore. You didn't like George Bush. But they were qualified. Like, they... Well, maybe not George Bush. Well, because his daddy, but still. But still, they they weren't these two fucking guys. No. Like, these guys are terrible. This is straight up an SNL skit. Yes. This is comedy. It's not not anything else. And you you can't convince me to believe that there's not someone else besides Biden that's really running the country. I feel like there's a group of people or a person who really runs the country, but he's just the face. He's the political 
propaganda machine. He's the, you know, the, the cutout poster that everyone wants to see to appease themselves. There's someone or something controlling everything that is behind the scenes. And the presidents really don't have any influence or control over much at all. Well, and then you have companies like BlackRock, which is an investment management, which BlackRock and like two other investment management companies pretty much own and invest in and run the vast majority of these companies. I mean, you look at how many different companies are owned by one to 15 large, large companies. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's perfectly, perfectly normal to suggest that obviously our votes matter, but our votes don't matter to the extent that some of these other companies do. We're not the ones that are helping our elected officials get where they need to go and access to these planes and access to all these resources. We're not doing shit of that. No, we're, we're, we're in Amarillo, Texas as educators. We have no input on the real, on the real, on no, the, real no, no, no. the real people the that outcome. are making the changes. Exactly. And, and whether or not you, whether or not you take the view that like COVID, for example, was a psychological operation. Cause I know a lot of people are like, well, COVID was just a big psyop and it was fake. no, Obviously, it was real. It's real, yeah. It's real. It was. It was a very, very real thing. But the hysteria, However, the hysteria was yeah. a little. There's a, a lot little of, fabricated. Yeah, there. A lot of the stuff that now we. I mean, we can look back on and we can see. Hey, the CDC said this. They stopped YouTube. You know, the government stopped YouTube from posting things that the CDC was saying. Mm-hmm. We know that the Biden White House contacted Facebook and other social media groups to. Hey, take this down. When it was not misinformation, it was an opinion that somebody else had that was different. Not a misinformation. It's not like they were saying it to, to outwardly, hey, I know this is a lie. It's like, no, people have different opinions. It's not an it, evil opinion. Exactly. And if they have the power to do those sort of things, they have the power to put in office or put in a power position of whoever they want, whenever they want. And it doesn't matter what Bob thinks and freaking Clarendon, Texas. No. No, no, no. Jessup, of, Jessup in accounting and the yeah. buddy that you play pickleball but with on the weekend. It's it so egotistical matter. to believe that we have the power and democracy is real to the point where we can dictate who gets selected for these positions. It's it's so erroneous. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Erroneous. It it's doesn't erroneous. make sense. Well, and, it, and it's interesting because if we, let's say we wanted to run for for local office or state office the amount of money that we would need just to get our name recognized by people and the clout is, is more money and than than any of us like even if our ideas were the best we just don't know those people and even if we met those people there's no way that they're going to give us access to the kind of resources that we would need to get us to there without them saying all right well I'm clearly scratching your back bend over because that's what they're going to do, because they hold all the cards. And what's the common denominator between everyone throughout the history of time that's ever been elected into office, especially in a small community like ours, or even on a large scale in a big city? What, what's the common denominator? Money. Money, exactly. Money. Money is the common Resources, denominator. Access. Um, it just it just seems we seem like a different America. I mean, and obviously we obviously we are. There's so many different changes, whether it's social changes, whether they're military changes uh i mean technology we everything is so much different now i just feel like it's going to be 
an incredibly interesting year, but I also feel like it's been a quiet year. For an election so far, year, yeah. it's been quiet. Now, I, I will say this. I'm I'm not Catholic, but my wife and my girls are Catholic, and so I, I share Catholic stuff with them. Yes. Uh, and it's Lent. And so one of the things that I'm abstaining from is I'm I'm kind of on social media, but I'm not getting anything into politics yep. at all. I'm not doing local stuff. I'm not doing anything like this is because it was that was part of my life. I spent a good hour to hour and a half every single day getting and in, diving into politics and reading different articles and following different things uh, and not having that be a part of my life has been so nice. Yeah, it really, really has. Like, it's been nice yeah. to disengage from the daily. It is the right says it, this, the left says this, bipartisan that. You know, it's a mind-numbing carousel. It is of bullshit when you surround yourself with politics and you watch CNN or Fox News. It's never ending. It's an insect or a parasite that kills everything. It kills your brain cells. It kills yeah. your decision making. Yeah. It kills your your frame of, of thinking. You're you're so narrow minded when you surround yourself with, you know, bureaucracy and those sort of things. That's why I stay away from it because it it just it ruins your frame of thought. Well, your freedom of thinking is gone. Well, and most people, most people will only listen to their own ideas. They put themselves in an echo chamber where they only yes. hear their perspective. They only hear everything that is supportive of their exactly. perception and, and of everything that's going on. That's why it's so detrimental to people. It is. Because of what it can do to your free will, your critical thinking. Because nobody wants to admit they're wrong about something. Right. Or they're... they're you want to hey, find a yeah, narrative and that spin it your way. Yeah, yeah. You, everything has to be spun so that you don't come off as a bad guy. But I don't know if it's you don't want to feel like a bad guy or you don't want others to think that you have done something wrong. And now in this time of everyone fucking virtue signals and everyone has to have something that they're standing up for and everyone, you know... I, I don't want to get into all this. That's why I'm so disconnected from politics and, and the left or the right. You know, I have my my certain views, my morals and ethics and that fit with certain things. But James, you're the farthest thing from politically correct. My friend. I'm not political. And, and you know what? The, the end of this year is going to be a mess. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a fight. You think we'll have a summer worth of riots again? I think so. Yeah. Why I not? mean, it's here's the thing. It's March now. March four years ago, you know, we got we got real close to start to ramp up, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was we because I remember having a meeting and we had a PLC or we had an RTI meeting with my RTI committee, um, and we were going to the break. And I remember saying to them, "I bet we have two weeks of spring break, and then we'll be back." We were already talking about not coming back that week after spring break. Yeah. Just as everything was progressing. They kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And but do you remember? Because we were still in school and it was because we were supposed to be going to San, or Seattle to a conference and it got canceled uh-huh. because COVID had showed up in Seattle and they had like one or two cases. So yes. they shut down. That's where it first started in yeah. the United States. And yeah. so we made, you know, we were talking and I remember saying, I bet we go to spring break for a week and then we stay home another week. Because everyone's saying two weeks to stop the spread. You remember that yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. Two everybody, weeks to stop the spread? Everybody kept pushing it back and oh pushing it back. Gosh. And no, we'll be back the next week. We'll be back this day. And it kept getting pushed yeah. back. And then everything outside of our little 
you know, community started to go fucking haywire. Yeah, and Amarillo was just quiet. Yeah. I will say, though, that, that uh, we spent so much time outside that year. Yeah. Um, but it was eerie, and not a lot of people remember it that's younger than us. But I remember right after 9-11, and there mm-hmm. not being planes in the sky. And COVID was the only other time in my life I remember where we, it would be, we would go days, and we just wouldn't see a airplane in the sky like we'd be outside for hours and hours and now it's back to you're outside if you look up anytime give yourself 10 minutes you're gonna see a plane yep but then it was i mean it was eerie it was weird and then you know being an election year and all that yeah um the riots the the unrest the Uh, division the division was the biggest thing and i think they were i think we're gonna go in that direction i don't know if it'll be as you know ramped up and severe but i think that there will be no matter what there's going to be some unrest and there's going to there's going to be problems i mean you've got two candidates that are very controversial right yeah and everybody else has dropped out all the other candidates are well gone. no there's still one more in the republican side Who nikki, is it? nikki haley oh god and she she needs to quit not and and not because she's a bad candidate or anything like that, but just because Trump's not going anywhere. The Supreme Court offered to hear, you know, they're going to hear his case on whether or not he's, you know, can can be tried for January sixth. Um, which is another crazy. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Event in our history. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, you know. In my opinion, I can't get mad at the people that were like, "He, that's an insurrection." Despite the like everything else, despite the fact that what he said did not, in my opinion, constitute anything where he was saying, go there and do this. He was saying the opposite. Like this was just a bunch of stupid people well, that yeah. took shit way too far. And there were a far. lot of smarter people than him that coached him to say those yeah. things in a way that would not provoke yeah. or uh, you know, hold him contempt in court or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't think it I don't think it was an insurrection because I don't think those people at all could have overthrown the government no. and the idea that old I'm, white men. <laughs> yeah. The idea that those poor piss, poor people could have overthrown anything like, no, most they, of they, they weren't were, armed. Yeah. They were, they were stupid, stupid people that probably thought their president was telling them to do that. Stupid yes. shit. Yes. No doubt. Even though he wasn't, people can be stupid without blaming other people, but, no, you don't but, think there's but, going to be anything to, to, close to that degree this fall? No, I don't think there will be anything close to. I I don't think there will be anything close to. I've seen a lot of people talking about how there's not going to be an election, and everything's going to be done through mail-in, and I don't think it'll be anything like that. But I I I don't know. I never would have predicted a fucking worldwide pandemic. Right, it's all up in the air. <laughs> I mean, we we could have an alien president when it's all said and done. Who knows? By the end of the year, wouldn't that be interesting? I don't know. Um, did you see that Elon Musk and I can't remember what company does it, but they they put a Neuralink in in a dude's brain. No, so I it's a computer in a in a in a human's brain. It's a computer chip. No, yeah, yeah. Essentially, just a but chip. it connect, it connects him to a computer, and so this, he can run this the individual. Computer. Elected to have this done to him. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, guinea pig. Yep. And then Musk is suing ChatGPT 
He's suing OpenAI because they were a non-profit and then they switched to a for-profit. And now essentially they're using their algorithm and everything that they've used to advance Microsoft's bottom line kind of in a lot of ways and as they're generate or as they're creating an advanced generalized intelligence or AGI I think is what it is. Wow. The world's changing, man. It's going to be an interesting year. It already is, man. It it already feels like um we're not people anymore. We're not humans. We have no privacy anymore. No. I mean, it's 1984. For sure. Big Brother's always listening in. I mean, your phone has cameras on both sides of it, a microphone. Oh, they can, they can tap into your time. camera and see you. Yeah, there's remote yeah. viewing. They could, yeah, CIA, NSA, they could be listening. They probably already record everything on every single device. How's there enough, like, storage for that? <laughs> I mean, just compress it. It's insane. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. Um, but I was, I remember there was something... Because I remember having this conversation back when we were over at Trey's because he had all those little Amazon devices. Mm -hmm. And I saw one hacker talking about how what happens is, you know, the person gets the Amazon device and they automatically assign based on your voice. They assign you a tag. So like you're A, you know, Stella would be B, Mida would be C, your kids, and it would go on and on and on. Well, then as I show up, then it denotes me, okay, well, we'll call me R7. Mm-hmm. And then it starts tracking a pattern. Okay, when R7 comes here, I'm also picking up this other device, this other Amazon device. So R7 shows up, and then it starts tracking a pattern of when R7 comes and how far yeah. away R7 could possibly live, and it starts just tracking all these There's no getting things. away with anything anymore. No, no. no. That's insane, man. I, I mean, like the, it, though. There are, there are a lot of people that do live their lives very discreet and eliminate electronics as much as possible, which it's hard to do that this day and age, you know, you've got to have some type yeah. of electronic that, that helps make your life easier or entertains you. Yeah. Cause we're all addicted to entertainment. Well, and that's the thing. If you, if you have been able to survive this long without it, you're probably not living in a city. No, there's no rural way. community or, you know, bumfuck Egypt yeah. somewhere. I mean, and good, good for you. If you're the kind of person that you're really not on your phone and you're reading and you're doing the things you're yeah. supposed to, that's great. I have, I have so wanted to turn this into just a work phone and get a flip phone for me and then take all the other stuff off. So that's like just, an experiment or like, no, no, like conscious, like decision, like as a conscious thing. decision, like, Delete everything on here except the things that I would need for work. Mm-hmm. Like I've, you know, I've got a translator app. I've got email, you know, docs and everything, sheets, everything like that that I need to access on it. But then get rid of games, get rid of social media, and just have a flip phone. I think it would make a difference. It would have to. In your life and the time that you, you, you spend, like you're not going to be picking up a device as often and it'll be used for the purposes that are – that it's meant to be used for, you know? Because yeah. I've already gotten to the point now that I don't hardly ever talk on the phone. Mm-mm. Like, I talk on the phone a lot at work, you know, but right. otherwise, I, I don't... Most people I talk to don't call me. We text. Yeah. And that's weird. Mm-hmm. I remember when it was, you know, that frustrated people. They're like, why do you want to text? Just call. Right. Now, everybody Now it's texts. backwards. Now it's flipped. Yeah. I think it's just because of the... Um, the instant gratification that we all have been 
coach to enjoy and love. And it's so weird because like, that's not how we're supposed to be programmed, but we are programmed that way now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. We were not born to be programmed that way, but your kids, my kids, they're the first generation of being programmed that way. Yeah. It's very, it's very odd. And it's, it's really, when you think about it, it's a mind fuck and it's very bizarre to go down that, that's that rabbit hole to kind of introspectively see that you are, you're not the person that you were when you were a kid or when you were a teenager, you've like advanced so further ahead than what we, where we should be because of technology. Like technology has pulled us through the fucking loop to become so far advanced nowadays. Yeah. It's so weird. It's affected our communication, our relationships, everything. And we don't have the, some of the things that I always thought I would have as a kid growing up. Like we don't have flying cars. We don't have that. But we do have, like, I remember wondering, am I ever going to have something that I could walkie-talkie or talk on my phone where I could do things, or on my watch, where I could do things on my watch, where I would have something that I could watch whatever show I wanted to in the palm of my hand. That that was actually um, like a prototype or or fantasy, you know, uh, gadget that, that was made public in a magazine somewhere in the fifties that we would have these watches that we would be able to talk on the phone and do all these cool stuff. Like, and it all came true. Like it yeah. was predicted, you know, 70 years ago and it's the, and they did this it is in the 50. age. Yeah. This is the age we're living in now. So I got a question are because you're around these kids and I'm not high school kids. Are they, cause I'm trying to think of like my nephew and stuff, you know, they're, they're in their twenties, late twenties. Um, they still have a good sense of not being so, so, so obsessed with their phone yeah. or a device, but are high school kids now, like, are they, are they not, is it, is there just no hope for them? Like they have no sense of what life can be like without a phone. They're just gone. I don't think so. I think that for the most part, they do rely on them heavily. They do, you know, use them for entertainment purposes, just like we do, but they're they're just a case by case basis but for the most part i don't think that they're so attached to their phones where they just let it control their every move and they just absolutely need it but i will say that devices in general yeah they are that generation where they can't live without them and they've yeah. got to have them and not necessarily a phone but some type of device yes they're these high schoolers now are device kids. I mean, their iPad, Kindle, all of those things, video games. And you got to think they grew up with video games that were so realistic versus us were so monochromatic and pixelated and things. Yeah. But now they, they are just so reliant on these devices and it's not just necessarily a phone, but just everything. See, and that's, I think that's the scary thing. You know, back when we were kids, everyone worried about, oh, well, they're playing such violent video games. And this, we could tell the difference. Mm-hmm. 
we could tell when we were playing Mario or when we were playing Doom and Mortal we're Kombat. shooting Mortal Kombat and we're kicking a dude's head off or we're shooting. We could tell that those were different things. They didn't look Separate realistic. The two, yeah. yeah. Nothing was realistic about them. We never played it realistic. We didn't grow up necessarily with complete online games, but now, no. You can, I mean, it's incredibly detailed. Sometimes I think kids cannot separate that. Yes. But kids are so on devices, especially with like our ADHD kids. All that we're doing is creating little addicts. Oh, yeah. And then putting a Chromebook in their hands and giving them the ability to use in every single class for assignments, for for communication needs and, and, and things like that. Like they are so dependent on them. And yep. it, it, the worst thing we ever did as a society is introduce Chromebooks to our schools. Introduce computers. Yeah, yes. I mean, handheld yeah. essential laptops for them to carry around and use. Yeah. Now computers are computers going to a computer lab. That's, that's great. One thing. That's yeah, one yeah. thing, but having, having it in their possession in their backpack being able to take out in every class it was the downfall. And COVID is the main precursor to why we are dealing with this issue. Yeah. So, you know, cause even, even, even then it encourages students and teachers to rely on digital tr- communication as opposed to sitting in front of each other and saying, Hey, this is what's going on with my life. This is why I'm not able to do this. This is why I need help with this. Instead it's, can I have this? Like you just lose that immediate relationship. You lose the the level of instruction goes yep. down. Teachers are more um, willing to put assignments on the computer, kind of like a go at your own pace type of thing, and they're essentially just babysitters. It can be. It it really it really can look that way. I still think you know there's there's a lot of good things that you can do with a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. I think that. Sometimes, if it's not well, well regulated, and there's not a really good plan in place, then just like any resource, it can be it can be used inappropriately, and it can be used in a way that cannot benefit. I think it has to. I think there has to be a really big evaluation, though, of what computers and classrooms look like, because it's not. It's not especially until they get like fifteen, sixteen. School does not need to be at your own pace for the most part. No. Like we have. We have separate schools that do that. Like we have charter type schools. We have schools like North Heights, and we have schools like you know um, Emerald Collegiate, or what's the other one in Canyon? You know what I'm Premier, talking about. Premier, I don't know. Premier. We have those that are go at your own pace type things. We have GED pace programs, but it's not what you do for the bulk and the vast majority. No. You need that. You need that. Um interaction the the inquisitive nature of just humans communicating back and forth with one another and finding answers to problems solutions resolutions and and collaborating with others and groups and And you know it's interesting things like that we use and i say we because this was me and the people i grew up with in the early 2000s and the 90s we used to make fun of homeschool kids yeah because they didn't have those things Mm-hmm. They were stuck in their bubbles. Now I feel like it's almost the other way around mm-hmm. where homeschool kids have that exposure and those conversations and those smaller groups and those individualized, you know, but then public school kids don't necessarily have that because they, their learning environment has now shifted away from a less conversational base and more of that play at your own pace. Yep. The collaboration 
has went away and that's how kids learn is, is learning from other kids, their yeah. peers. Yeah. That's how they learn the best. But when they're just stuck behind a Chromebook, there's no communication between Johnny and Jill. It's just stare forward at a screen, answer questions, do the work. And then you can get on YouTube or a game. Yeah. And again, there's good things that can be done with a Chromebook. I'm not saying there isn't because we, I just, I don't want Chromebooks to become what our pencil paper notebook was, which was, here's your worksheet. Here's your book. You read the worksheet and and you follow along, you do it. No, it's like, well, here's your canvas, canvas assignment. Open up this Google form. Once you read this and fill out the questions and send it to me. Like, I get the, I get the practicality of it because it is the way of the world and this is the direction that we're we're heading as a species <laughs> but yeah i mean we're just uh I, i'm resistant to the idea because of the lack of speaking and communication nonverbal communication that is not happening anymore because of it yeah so that's the biggest issue i have with it you know you don't have kids asking each other questions anymore and that's how they really get along and build relationships with each other that's just going out the window no i'm with you man and i really think that i mean i think both of us would agree it just goes back to we have to make sure that we have quality teachers that are actually doing the work of teaching and not babysitters and not keep just babysitters in a position yeah you know but unfortunately it's not going to get any better. It's not <laughs> going to get any we're, better. We're going to try. We're going to try. Unless we try. regress technology. Yeah. Wise. I mean, that's the only way yeah. we're going to um, improve those relationships and communication skills and those type of things. Because well, the only way that's going to happen, not, I don't see it, is if we have a giant solar flare. Yeah. That just knocks out all of our technology, which would be terrible. Or you know, we get a giant comet that knocks out. Peru and oh the biggest chaos that we'd ever experience is if the grid goes down yeah well it did the other day remember when AT&T which apparently wasn't even that bad yeah it was only like 75,000 people were affected and we've got 330 million and it took over the damn country where everybody was talking about I knew no one that was affected at all did you know anyone that was affected by maybe a couple? Yeah, I didn't but, know anyone. I mean, it's everyone not around deal. me was like, "Nope, my phone's working perfectly fine." Yeah, and it was it was so few people. We'll have to go down that rabbit hole next time. That will be a topic for next week when we go down the rabbit hole that is Bomb City Locker Room Podcast. Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap this one up. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode, 132, I believe. That's up. See you next time. Peace.